Hey everybody, it's Maylee Thomas, and it's time for yet another Texas Homegrown Music. Today's guest is Bree Bagwell. What a beautiful soul she is, and I'm just so excited to bring her music to you. And we've got a lot to talk about, so I don't want to take up a lot of time, but I do want to sing a song for you to get you into the spirit of this time and season. It's almost Christmas, and so I'm going to sing a song from my Christmas record that I did with Andy Timmons. It's one of our original tunes. It's called Together This Year, and when we come back, I'll be with Bree Bagwell. Santa on his sleigh Hang the lights and mistletoe There for Christmas Day Texas Homegrown Music and my guest Bree Bagwell. Bree, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We've already been like chit-chatting a lot and I love it. Yes, we have. So we're going to have to back up a little bit here because there's a (laughs) lot of stuff that we've been talking about I know people would love to hear. But I I just want to start out by saying what a beautiful girl you are. (laughs) That's so nice. Thank you, too. Well, no, I mean, seriously, as soon as I saw your pictures and um, and and, you know, I was like, oh, yes, I want to have her on the show. And I definitely want to go see her because I'd love to watch beautiful women sing. In fact, speaking of beautiful women, I'm going to see Courtney Patton and uh, she's another doll baby that I love. And um, it's one of the great things about having this show. Um, Courtney and I, we've written one song together. We should have written 
you know, 20 by now, but we, we did write one that I, I got to record, which was great. And, and I love her, her dearly. She's so talented, but her problem is she's so much fun to hang out with. We never sit down and write songs because you're too busy I can laughing. Tell that. Cause <laughs> let me just tell you, she and I got to laughing and had the most hilarious interview. If you get a chance, you should go back and listen to it just for the giggles. A cat, she she was outside, and a cat that she didn't even know just came and jumped in her lap, and it was this cross-eyed cat, and it, and it wouldn't leave her alone. <laughs> she, oh, my, that sounds Where did right. this cat come from, and whose old soul is this that's trying to get me? <laughs> exactly. Yep, that sounds exactly like a Courtney scenario. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, this is about Brie, and I want to get to it, because you've been busy, girl. You, um, you've not only released a full record, a full-length record, but you also are just released a EP of Christmas songs and um so you've been you've been busy yeah it was um putting out a record pretty much all by myself this year um you know I have I have a, a team around me but you're still an independent artist and that was oh I forgot how hard it was I haven't put out a full-length record since 2018 and so I 11 new songs and that came out and then actually this Christmas EP we kind of cheated a little bit um it's a collection of songs I released through the years so the only okay. brand new one was um Blue Christmas which I know we're going to get to later but um so we just kind of tied everything in a nice little bow Spotify likes when you do that and so I'm trying to build up my you know my streaming presence I'm kind of old school I like records and vinyls and um, so I'm, I'm trying to also get used to the new way of the world when it comes to music. Well, you know, it's funny. You're, you are an old soul because you grew up when records and everything were on the outs, right? Um, and I, I'm still, I've still had a few people cause we've got a couple of, um, turntables in the house. I've still had some little kids try to put a CD on the turntable. Oh no. Like, My parents no. always had one. So I've, I've always been growing up listening to records. So where did, so where did you get that from? So where did you get your love for music? Because I I read somewhere that I think you I played in a band with your twin brothers or something when you were younger. So obviously you grew up around it. Give me a little um, elevator pitch on how Bree got into this whole thing. Yeah, well my my family extended family they're all just musical. Like I call it campfire musical. Some not all of us had formal training, but I've had ants that can play piano and they all sing harmonies at Christmas and um, my mom and dad both played some instruments and sang and so it was just kind of a thing my whole family did and um, when I was 14 my brothers and I started our first band and um, they were 21 I was 14 singing in the honky tonks which <laughs> my mom was like not sure I should be letting her in you know these places but I was just got hooked on the the lifestyle early on and I love love singing and at, and I just I would play in the bars till 2 a.m. and then be at high school the next morning at 7 30. I mean it was crazy looking back um but it was really fun playing and, and I still sing with my brothers when I go home and they they jumped up with me at Green Hall this year and got to sing with me at Green Hall so that was very special. Oh how fun for them I mean and so was it just the three of you how many how many siblings? Um, I, yeah, they are identical twins. They're seven years older than me. And then we had a bass player and another guitar player. Um, and then, you know, we just kind of had multiple bands throughout the years and they, one played drums and sings and the other one plays guitar and sings. And so it, they, they were the ones that loved Texas country though. I mean, they would drive to El Paso cause I'm from New Mexico. They would drive to El Paso to go see Pat Green and 
Jason Boland. And I remember them bringing my first signed Randy Rogers CD home to me. And I was like, you know, we were just obsessed with the Texas music scene. So I blame them for, for my obsession with that. <laughs> well, that's good. That's a good thing. So uh-huh. you grew up in New Mexico. And um, so I, and because I, I'm asking you this, because your record, of course, is um, uh, Car- Carazona Cobesa. I don't even know how to say it. I'm, I'm, I know kitchen Spanish, if you can, can't tell. My husband's been in construction my whole life, so I know construction <laughs> Spanish. But I did notice that it was, um, that it meant heart and head. So, um, what, you know, is it a throwback to some, a love that you have for, um, that, for that time in your life? Tell me, I mean, and do you speak Spanish and, or is that just an influence in your life? Um, I mean, I, I speak what enough to get me in or out of trouble. Is that the, how the saying goes? Um, <laughs> I, I'm not bad, but Paul and I just got back from Mexico. We went to, um, a tiny town called Tepotzlan in Mexico and we came back being like, our Spanish isn't as good as we thought it was. <laughs> um, but I, I've always, I mean, I love Selena. I sing Selena every night at my shows. She's a big influence. And then there's kind of just some Spanish sprinkling throughout the record. So that's why I wanted to name it um, a Spanish title to kind of like prepare the listener for that. But it's definitely a nod to my heritage. And I grew up right on the border of Texas and, and Mexico and New Mexico. And you know, spoke a little bit of, of both languages. And so I just really kind of leaned into that for this record. And um, Corazón y Cabeza is a line from one of the songs on the record called The Dust that I wrote with Paul. Um, but I think I also named it that because for a lot of my life, I was I would write songs when I was inspired to do so. And um, my producer, Rachel, she for my last record, she really got me into the habit of writing songs every single week, whether I wanted to or not, I would complete one song a week. And then, yeah. So now I'm Paul and I are heading up our own little songwriting group and we do one song every two weeks. (laughs) Um, but I think, you know, it's important that I wrote a lot of these songs when I was during COVID, when everything was a mess and when I was maybe not inspired to be creative or maybe I was sad and, but I forced myself to do it anyway. And so there's a lot of heart, but there's also a lot of head, a lot of careful editing, a lot of thinking. And so, um, I put both of that into this record and that's, that's another reason why I named it that. Good. Well, um, I, I'll tell you, I listening to your music, clearly you've been singing for a really long time because you have um, such control and you have a range that's crazy good. Um, a purity in your voice. Did you t- ever take any voice lessons? Is it all self-taught? Oh, that, that's very nice. Thank you. Um, I think I can sing pretty low. I don't think I can sing super high, but I'm, I'm working on it. But Well, you you know, the thing that's beautiful <laughs> about it, though, is um, you're, you don't, you, your head tones are not, I mean, I can tell where your, where your, you know, you, where your um, strengths are, but it's just so pure. I can just tell that you, I, I, that's why I'm wondering if you had any kind of training. That's so nice. Um, no, I have not, but I, I've been on a few different TV shows and, um, one of the, the, well, the first one I went to, and actually the second, when I went to the voice, they give you a vocal coach and I apparently, like, I have a lot of bad habits that now I'm starting to work on more because, and it's a weird thing. Cause I feel like when you're young, you're maybe like, I didn't have any lessons. You know, I taught myself piano, guitar, and I taught myself how to sing. And then the older you get, the more you realize, like, I should have taken lessons and learned the proper way to do things because now I'm 
kind of like unlearning some things and relearning and really taking what that vocal coach taught me and, and putting it to you. So I feel like this record more than ever is my actual voice and, and what the voice I've come into, um, when I was starting, I was such a product of my influences. Like you could really tell. And I think now you can get glimpses of it, but it's not as much, I don't know. I really just kind of come into my own being. And some, some artists have that when they're 16 and some don't have it till they're 30. I totally so. relate to that. <laughs> Having sung for, you know, 40 years, I, I, I can totally, totally relate to what you're saying. And I, I agree that there is a time where you feel like you finally came into where your voice, where you know that you own this and this is your sound and it's something that you've created through all the years and there's something to that whole 10,000 hours I mean if you keep playing and, and working at it you'll find where you, you lie and um, and I and also unlearning the bad habits so I want to get to playing a song right now it's sure. called Trenches it's one of my favorites on the record and um, and when we come back let's talk about that because there's some people out there I think could really learn something from a couple yeah. of singers that know what it means to, to sing properly or what not to not to get all weird on you but I I I'm going to say some things and I bet you're going to be able to relate to it quickly. So if you're just listening, it's um, a wonderful guest, a beautiful girl. You guys can't see her, but I'll tell you what, you better go see her. And she's got some shows coming up we'll talk about, especially at Billy Bob's coming up on December the 22nd. Um, I hope it's going to be an annual thing. It's going to be a Christmas show that she's going to be hosting on that Thursday night. So um, if I didn't have something already going on, girl, I'd be over there for sure, especially after getting to know you. Thank but, you. But uh, we're going to play Trenches right now here on Texas Homegrown Music with yours truly, Maylee Thomas. And we'll be right back to talk about some more fun things with Bree. Right here, Texas Homegrown Music, Trenches.
So we're back with Bree, and we were talking about um, some bad habits. So I'll just let you in on a little thing. Uh, it's not a secret at all. I don't mind telling people about it. But twice I've had surgery on my vocal cords um, for polyps. That it, uh, you know, and um, at the first time I got it, I thought, oh, this is kind of weird. Um, I couldn't. I lost my highs, lost my lows. I was kind of in a mid-range uh, place, and I found out I had these polyps. So I went in and had them removed, and had to. I had to go to a vocal coach, and uh, she starts telling me about how I was singing way too much in my throat, you know, and not so much from um, from my uh, diaphragm. And I was like, whatever, you know. Right. I realized later on that, um, you know, I wasn't only. T- um, singing that way but I was talking that way and I was finding myself um losing my voice too often and I think that it's important for people to realize you know especially when you do this for a living and I know this from talking with people that speak for a living you have to find a place where you can talk and still have volume but not push so much from your throat and Mm -hmm. um and I and I learned a long time ago that it's going to save me for the rest of my life. There's nothing worse than to be a singer and to lose, you know, your range. And it happens. There's a lot of people that have it happen. So I try to tell people early on, you know, find that way that you can restore. And and the second most important thing that you can do, and musicians are the worst, is not get enough sleep. Uh, yeah. I so, agree. I you know, agree you can all drink all the honey and the tea and the whatever, yeah. and it's it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything because all you're doing is coating something that is worn out, um, and so you just have to get enough sleep. So I'm a big proponent of telling uh, my musician friends, man. You know, I know it's fun and you want to stay up, and especially when you're co- the camaraderie. And but when you've got show after show after show, you really need to get to get a, a good amount of, of rest if you really want to be a hundred percent for your audience. Yeah, totally. And I think like I, that's what one of the things the vocal coach told me too is I talk. I'm talking too low. Talking, you know, you're supposed to kind of talk like a little yeah, lighter, talking your lighter, in a lighter voice. Uh huh. Yeah, and up here. and it's, I can sing for 90 minutes and be totally fine. But then I go sell merch, and you're yelling at the people and over the speakers that are in the bar, and people are bringing you alcohol, and then you're talking louder than you realize, and that is exactly how you lose your voice. And exactly. so, like tomorrow night, um, I mean, this is recorded, so I guess I'm going to Vegas. So I have to. Oh, eat. good for you! But I'm going for less than 24 hours because I know <laughs> I have to sing the next couple of days, and it's um, the yelling in the in the club or tr- just trying to order a drink is what what gets you. It's well, unfair, you know, and I, I love, um, I love being able to talk to the fans and, and talk to the people. But it's really important for you to remember that when you do that, especially in the club, you're trying to compete with noise that you can't get, you know, over, and you're you're hurting yourself a lot of times. You are so. Um, I, Thanks for I'm, talking about that because that's yeah. Um, I think I, I mean, especially after COVID, I got. I was just like, I can't do the lines anymore, and I used to sign till the last person every night. My first show back, I lost my voice. Um, cause it was out of practice and also all the talking. So I don't really do it anymore. And I'll get, you know, mean comments at, at least once every couple of weeks from people that are, you know, she's too big for her bridges now. And she doesn't, you know, and that's not the thing at all. I'm just trying to protect what I have to. 
I totally get it, honey. I do, and um, and so I and I'm I'm proud of you for for recognizing that because the the whole key is people pay money to come and see you play. They want to they want you to be your best, and you need to take care of it and and do that. And and I and I'm sure you are still approachable and do things for people. But when it comes to the show, you need to you need to take care of yourself. So. Kudos to you for, for recognizing you. that and doing it. But um, So second thing I want to talk to you about is, in case people don't know this, I found out that you um, your boyfriend is actually in another band called The Wilder Blue um, with my friend Zane Williams and um, from my hometown here in McKinney, Texas. And um, what does that do for you guys? That's got to be so hard. Both of you on the road. I hope you guys can um, collaborate and do some shows together so you can at least see each other a little bit more often. Yeah, we, I think we just confirmed one in, in uh, February together. So that's exciting. Um, I think what's crazy is that actually the same having the same schedule sort of works nicely because we have, you know, Sunday, Mondays and Tuesdays off together usually. Um, so that works out. And then when, when the Wilder Blue isn't playing, which is very rare, he'll come play in my band. And sometimes people even book us together. That's become a thing. So, um, some, some months are better than others. This, this one, we don't get to see very much of each other pretty busy season, but, um, we make it work. And, and now, and the fact that when we, we can work together too, which is really fun. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Well, and you're also writing together, and I heard you say that you um, you wrote a song with him, uh, or, or that you guys are on a, a path of writing songs every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've written, I think we co-wrote two songs on my new record together. and um, Which songs we were those? Uh, the Dust is one, and then... Um, Josefina, I believe, is the other one. He wrote the bridge for that one. He fought me on. He's like, I don't need credit. I'm like, yes, you do. Um, it's a very important part of the song. And then also on the Christmas EP, we're singing the duet, Please Come Home for Christmas together. So, And he played guitar and and sang on a, on a lot of the record and also the Christmas record. Well, you know, having been with my my partner, my husband, for 30 years playing music together, it's a wonderful thing that you can share. And um, I'm a big proponent of, and I love meeting people that have um, spouses and boyfriends and girlfriends that they they both do music because there's an understanding. I mean, you both have this passion, and um, it's very hard in this life to do something with someone that doesn't understand the grueling, you know, days and nights of being a full-time musician um it it is hard and we've talked about courtney earlier and of course her um, husband is a a player as well and tours so it's it's important for you to be able to share that and for longevity of a relationship i um i can tell you it's it's probably the best thing you got going for you kiddo is that you both are you're both doing this and i hope you get to play together i mean you know for me it was a little bit different because i i actually hired my husband (laughs) to be my guitar player and um and he was smart enough to you know nab the girl and and now he just kind of takes over <laughs> which oh, is, but um but it, it's a beautiful thing to make music and make people happy because I, I i love the fact that that i do something that brings joy to people yeah sometimes that is the gasoline that keeps you going you know like paul's dad the other day just kind of reached out to both of us and was like you know don't forget that your music is 
making somebody happy right now. Like, and, and it's easy to forget this business is just so crazy and it just keeps getting crazier. It feels like so, um, you know, and then financially it's super weird and there's ups and downs and in every aspect of it. So you just, it helps to remember that. I mean, every time somebody says something nice at a show or on social media or something like I, I really take that to heart. Well, especially if they've gone to the trouble of reaching out to you to let you hear it, they want you to know it. And there's thousands and thousands of them out there that don't have the ability or don't have the nerve to to tell you. So, um, you know, keep that in mind, Brie, when you're remembering these days and and weeks. And I know that it's got to be tough because nowadays it seems like the only way you really are going to see the money come in consistently is by playing shows. I mean, obviously, you know, there's, um, there's money that comes in from downloads and streams and, and um, publishing and all of that. But the reality is we don't get to see and feel it until we're doing show after show and we get to have that money coming in regularly. And it's tough. It's, it's not just tough on your body. It's tough on you mentally. And um, especially coming off of, you know, a few years of some real desert uh, with uh, what (laughs) we had to go through with COVID. Um, You know, all the years that I've been playing music, I never had a time in my life where I didn't feel like we could just book a show and at least put out a tip jar and make a couple hundred dollars, right? Um, Just to keep the lights on or whatever. But um, during COVID, we all learned a valuable lesson that we can't take anything for granted. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, before COVID, I was doing almost 200 shows a year. And this year, I'm going to do about 100. And I don't even know really how I was doing that before. So I think it was a good chance to kind of like sit back and evaluate, like, wow, I've been constantly on tour for 10 years. Like, that's wild, you know, to even think about. And the fact that, you know, you see these bigger artists, and they do like summer tours, or they do a fall tour. And when you're an independent artist, or especially in the scene, we're kind of always permanently permaturing, I call it. So people are like, are you going to work? <laughs> like, I'm never not That's a new word. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always touring. And because you're right, it is the one way for us to make art, uh, you know, make ends meet, but also like my guys depend on my band depends on that income too. So finding a balance between taking shows that are, you know, more, more important than more, um, vital to my career versus taking every show that I can. We're, we have a new kind of philosophy on what we're confirming and not confirming because of our physical and mental health that we never really had time to evaluate until COVID came along. So right, right. Paul and I talk about it all the time, how cool it would be like they're going to the studio for a couple of weeks, which they've never taken off weeks to do go to the studio. Neither have I. I recorded that last record like during the week, you know, weekdays in between touring and how, how wonderful it would be to have a breath. (laughs) They're doing it though. So good for them. Yay. I'm so glad. And um, I can't wait for that. I'll have to have them on and then we'll talk about their new record. Well, let's talk about this new record of yours, Brie. You, um, you like, I think you said uh, since 2018 was the last time you put out a record. Um, Do you feel like this really, um, you know, I know for me, because I've done several of them, do you feel like this really captured you? Do you feel like this this record really captured what it is that you want to to say to, to the music world? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, a lot of kudos to my producer. She produced my 2018 record, too, and she's also like, 
you know, a writing mentor and a vocal mentor. And, um, she just had so much to do with like analyzing hundreds of, you know, I narrowed down hundreds of songs to probably 50 and she helped me narrow to 11 and, and, she's great at saying, you know, this verse is mediocre. And I'd be like, I know. And I would go fix things. And we'd really take apart the songs and kind of rebuild them. And the musicians are incredible, but the songwriting is really careful. And I just, I, the only thing that I really cared about was like in a, in a world where it feels like volume is more important than, than art. It's like, you need to be putting out a song a month to, to, you know, trick the algorithms or whatever. I just wanted it to be like, Hey, I'm not doing this for the sake of volume. I'm doing it for the sake of really careful art. And, um, and I think it, it, we succeeded. Well, especially when you recognize that this is something that's going to be out there forever. And it's, um, you know, it's the stamp of you and it represents you. I, I can tell you, there's a lot of stuff out there that I did early on that I wish wasn't out there. It's like, oh, you know, can I, pull, can I take that back? And especially now that, um, you know, we're living in an age now where people can video you and put it up on YouTube without your, without you even knowing about it. You have no idea, um, you know, and so you got to be so sure that everything that you do is something that you're willing to have be put out there because you just have no control over it. I mean, honestly, it's it's crazy when I, I and I have a lot of a lot of my um, musical friends that tell me, don't Google me, please. There's some <laughs> stuff on there that I just don't want you to come trying to get rid of it, but I can't, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty hilarious. And I know that like, you know, I was doing an impression of somebody once and it ended up on YouTube or without any context, you know, but <laughs> I, I just Googled myself cause every once in a while I like to, and it was like, I, I get Brie Bagwell age, Brie Bagwell husband. Oh, and, then and you've never like, been married. <laughs> <laughs> no. And Paul and I have been together for a long time, but it's like, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess age husband. And then it's like tours third. I'm like, what are, what are y'all doing on the internet? <laughs> I know there's people with too much time in their hands. Also, tell me, I, I, I'm, fr I'm sorry that I didn't do my homework well enough. I didn't realize that you'd been on The Voice. So tell me some of the shows that you've done and what was your experience like with all that? Yeah, well, um, I was on a show called CMT's Next Superstar, okay. which um, Miranda Lambert's mom, Bev, helped me get an audition for that one. Um, and then I also got the audition for The Voice, but I, I made it all the way to the blind auditions and didn't get a chair turned around. And they didn't air my audition. So there's no, you know, there's no way people will say, I saw you on The Voice. I'm like, no, you didn't. But um, uh, <laughs> And then I, I was like kind of done with, TV shows after that because twice I had uprooted everything, gone. I you don't make money, you know. No. So I had to cancel. I know for the the latest one, I canceled probably one of my best months that I to this date has ever had. It was it was crazy. I was like, I'm not going to do any more TV shows. I burned a couple bridges canceling shows with promoters, and then I got a call from USA Network, and they were like, You're going to be on Team Travis Tritt, and I was like, Well, now I have to go. So that was um on USA. That was called Real Country, and that was in 2018 that that aired, and I didn't win that one either. But it was it was all good experiences, you know. For the most part, those shows want you to succeed. And they want you to look good. They want you to sound good. They give you a vocal coach. They give you stylists. Like, I really appreciated that. And I learned a lot. And I made great friends. Um, I lost a lot of money. But <laughs> it's a gamble, you know. Well, it also, it's also, um, it's a lot of it's contrived, Brie. And please don't get discouraged that you didn't get chosen. Because I think... 
you know, if you talk to some of them that did, um, depending on where they end up going with it, you know, they kind of control them for so long. And, and, right. and also what they put out and their style and everything that I, I think probably you're the you're the winner because you were able to control more of what Brie does. And now look at you. You've got this phenomenal career ahead of you. You've got a beautiful uh, relationship with a guy that you love that's also a musician. You never know what would have taken place had you ended up staying out in L.A. or wherever it was, that, or Nashville, and having to, you know, do that whole scene. Um, I, I, I think probably the way that it was supposed to be has happened how it is. Because um, look at you, and you're succeeded. You people come out, people pay money to come out and see you play. And I tell that to all of my people that I interview. I, you know, whatever it is, when they say, "Well, if I ever make it," well, you've already made it. I mean, you you have made it. And if you look back on the decades of um, musicians in the past and what they had to do to be seen by the by the people that have already seen you, you know, it's so different now. Um, you know, we can put something out on YouTube and, and get so many views that, you know, people took a lifetime to get to see. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I always tell people like, young girls want to ask me all kinds of questions, which I'm like, bring them on. Cause I feel like I didn't have as many people to ask. Um, but I'm like, success is just, it's so relative, but in this business, for some reason, people think if you're not Carrie Underwood, you know, you're not successful or something. And it, it's in hard changing people's mindset. Um, and you do have to be careful the way that you frame your sentences and stuff because, but there was a, a lady after we, we sold out green hall for my CD release party. And it was, it was really just one of the best nights of my life. And this lady was like, just hang in there. You know, you'll get there, just hang in there. And I was like, I was so offended by that. Cause it was like, man, I just sold out green hall. Like for me, that's an incredible accomplishment. And, and still somebody has this frame of reference, like that's not making it. And, and the, a lot of people too could get record deals and they throw you on the back burner and then, you know, you blink and 10 years, then your whole life is gone. I mean, there's just a lot of other options. And so Girl, I consider I've, I've lived long enough to tell you, I know people personally, um, phenomenal, phenomenal musicians that ended up throwing in the towel because they were picked up by a record label. Mm. They spent a half a million dollars putting out a record or making a record that never got released because the promoters were fired or somebody, you know, it's, it, it's got thrown to the wayside and they don't even own the rights to their own music that they recorded. Yeah. It's and a pretty so, gross business. <laughs> right? I mean, but I, I'm not, and that's, that, that's no, that's no bearing on people that are, are uh, with a label. Don't get me wrong. I think it's wonderful if you've got a good relationship, but I love the fact that, that we don't have to have that now to put music out. And um, we, you know, I, I'm looking at a studio behind you, by the way, obviously you can do a little bit of recording right there in your house. There's people that are putting out records that they're put, that they're doing on garage band. I mean, it's crazy what we're able to do now. And so, like I said, you've already succeeded in my book way, beyond um most people that are out there trying to do something because you're you're um you're doing it full time you are um you know you're getting paid to to play music and you're putting out music that's going to last forever and when you're gone um people are going to remember Brie and your music because of what you've done and all the time invested in so kudos to you honey you've already done it in my book well, that's so nice yeah well i mean seriously it's it's true it's true um i want to talk about a song that we're not going to play that okay. i have to tell you i i found myself 
I literally was in tears listening to this song, and uh, it's the song that you wrote called "Old Together." Ah, uh, and. Wow. And I, um, you know, I don't know, probably because of where I'm at in my life. And I've got a couple of friends um, that are, that are um, they're actually dying of cancer right now. And, you know, just newly diagnosed and hor- horrific, horrific um, thing that's happening to their family. But it makes you think about your life when you're faced with that, right? And, um, and, and I tragically lost a couple of people that I know this past year to um, accidents. I, I don't know what predicated that song for you, but um, I think I read that you were thinking about your relationship with Paul. Is that right? Yes, that is right. And also, we, we lost a friend to a car accident really suddenly as well. And that kind of like changed me for, I mean, you are forever changed when it happens to somebody close to you, you know. And, um, so I, I just wrote that one. It just kind of fell out and it is about being, when you're truly in love with somebody, it's, it's really terrifying. You know, you, it's scarier than not being in love at all, I think. And just what I would want him to know if something ever happened to me. And so we did that. So we recorded that in Nashville and that was like the vocal take that you know, you know what a scratch vocal is, but a lot of people don't. That's the one you usually throw out. Um, but I was watching Paul play guitar through the glass and I was really just on the verge of tears, that whole vocal. And we ended up just leaving it just because it's kind of, um, it's not the best vocal, but it's the truest vocal maybe. So, I and actually, actually love scratch vocals most do? of the time. Well, only because I, most of the time I'm actually singing it with the band, obviously. Yep. And, um, and because I'm, you know, I don't have as much experience in the studio as most people. I'm, I've been a live show girl for so long that I, that the experience of singing with the band is what I love and um i've i've gone in and and had to you know overdub things before where i go oh it, they, you just took all the you know you took all the heart and soul out of it for me um so yeah. I, I i love probably I love doing scratch vocals too it's so fun i i probably recognize that in listening to that because girl that that song <laughs> and uh, what that's probably one of the prettiest love songs i've heard to date and um and it's i tragic just, it's it's well you know it doesn't have to be and I'll tell you why we it's it's all of our journey none of us are going to live forever and we never know and some people's lifetime is 30 I have a brother that died at 30 and here I am twice his age and I feel like he got robbed but the reality is none of us really know we all have our own journey and uh, that's why I, I, I pinned that whole phrase as a kid love life you get out of it what you put into it and I um, I just really believe that it's important for us to make um, those conscious decisions every day to love life and, and appreciate every moment um, and that's why I'm so thrilled that I got to meet you, Bree, because I think you're a beautiful person. And the fact that you thought of that and wanted um, wanted to write that song, not only for Paul and for your relationship, but for every relationship out there. Um, I'm not I wasn't planning on playing that song, but I'm going to play it. It'll be I'm going to play it as my bumper on this on the oh. show because we've talked about it. And I so believe in how important it is for, tell, for us to tell people that we love them and what they mean to us in every opportunity opportunity that we can. So I'm just going to say that I think you're a beautiful soul and and I'm so thrilled and and happy that I got to meet you. And I want to play I want to play the song Free Man because I said that's what I was going to play on this show and I'm sure that you're 
um, your uh, manager would probably be happier with me if I stick. No, to my, they don't. Stick they to don't my care. script. So we'll Thanks, play Free Man, but I'm gonna do. I'm gonna play um, that song old together uh, today, just because I I think it's a beautiful, beautiful um, remembrance of what our life is all about. It's all about relationships, and I'm so grateful that you found a beautiful one with Paul, and just like I did with George and. Um, so I don't know. I'm getting all the clamped here thinking about it. But love it. Um, we are going to play Free Man right now from Bree's new record called Carazon. Say it properly for me, since uh, you have a much prettier <laughs> accent than I do. I think you're doing a great job. It's a Corazon y Cabeza. We're going to play Free Man right now, right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Bree Bagwell. And we come back. We'll talk about her show coming up at Billy Bob's. You've got to go to it, Ooh. and some other places that she's going to be be at um, after the first of the year, right here on Texas. Texas Homegrown Music. You don't get a courtroom, you don't get a case file, unbiased jury, followed by a fair trial. You don't get a judge who might give a damn about a sentence, justice, witness, protection plan. You got the
Well, I hate to say it because I know this is the last segment that I'm going to be with you, Bree. But I tell you what, girlfriend, I've, I've got to get you to McKinney. I heard you talk about how you like to um, sing Selena. And, of course, we have a big Day of the Dead celebration here. And I know they would just eat you up if you came and did some of your music and some Selena songs. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna throw you into the mix. We're going to get you here next year for sure. I'd love to have you come and do that. I know people would really dig it. So, Thank um, you. I would love that yeah well and plus oh my gosh girl you're such a beautiful girl i bet you can pull it off too (laughs) how are you thank you well it's a lot uh we do two selena songs now we used to just do one and then i was like man i really want to change it up and then my drummer's like what about doing two instead of one i was like perfect and so it's it's kind of a part of our show we can't uh we never want to get rid of it, but we never will. So you've got this new, uh, well, you just said you've got a new um, release of a Christmas song called Blue Christmas, which we're going to play. But you did just put out an EP. So if you guys want to hear four of her Christmas songs, you can get it in a package deal. She's got an EP out there you can you can download. And of course, I know a lot of people are streaming things on Spotify. Did you get your little end of the year, you know, reading? Yes. I sure did. And it's really crazy because, you know, I have a great PR team, but we like analyze it and everyone is like so perplexed because my listenership is like exactly half male, half female ages 18 through 75. Like I do not have a niche market. My market is very, so it's hard kind of for us to advertise. That's why we do so many different things because I don't really have like a really defined market. Um, but blue Christmas is on there and you were talking about our house and this little studio behind us. And we recorded that here at our house. So Paul's playing guitar. Um, he edited my vocals and we, we recorded them in my house. So it's a pretty like a uh, broken down version, but I, I, I loved Elvis growing up. He was one of my favorites. And I remember realizing that Blue Christmas was a sad song and I was like shocked. So this is kind of a what I think is more in tune with what the song's actually about. Well, you know, honey, if we're gonna be real this is good. This is a sad season for a lot of people because, you know, we push all the time about family and how, you know, we get to be together. And a lot of people have Christmas Day off. Um, a lot of, you know, people that work so hard and they, you know, um, my, like my son is coming home from the army for a week next week. And so you have this, uh, you know, you have this reunion for so many people. And for a lot of people, it's just a, a reminder of someone that they've lost or love that they've lost or something that they don't have and so for a lot of people it is a blue time of year and we need to remember that and there needs to be music that touches them and speaks to them and that's probably why um you know Elvis did it Elvis was a very you know I, I don't know if a lot of people understand this but he was a very spiritual kind of guy I mean and he really understood hurt and pain and um I don't know if you saw the movie that they did this last year I thought they really nailed it on him I thought it was a beautiful um rendition of how what a what a sweet soul Elvis actually was and he had his own demons obviously and you know that that we don't need to talk about that that's been talked about enough but I think Blue Christmas speaks to a lot of people because there are a lot of people that are sad during this time of year and we need to remember that 
Oh, that's beautiful. You know, so I, I definitely want to play that. Not because it's sad, but because it's a beautiful song and you guys did a great job. And I love that Paul and that you guys <clears throat> did that in your studio. Once again, yeah. here you go. It's how life has changed. You know, we can actually reach people from our homes. So if you guys are out there, I know you heard us mention it. She's got this fantastic Christmas show coming up at Billy Bob's on Thursday night, December the 18th. Wait, uh, is that right? 22nd, sorry, December, the, this show's on the 18th, the 22nd, and um, I know you guys are going to want to go see it, so you can grab your tickets, it's a Thursday night, um, it's right before Christmas on that weekend, it's a great time to bring your family out and listen to some great music, and then um, she's going to be, where you're going to be at a lot of different country festivals coming up, aren't you? That's right. So after Billy Bob's, um, oh, which by the way, Paul is flying in and he will be playing Billy Bob's with me. So, and probably singing a couple tunes. Um, So after that, I'm going home to New Mexico to visit my family. And then we head up to, well, we played um, Dosido in Houston on January 6th. And then we're flying to to Steamboat the next day. We're going to do the music fest at Steamboat. And then we come back and then turn around and go fly to Key West and do the Mile Zero Fest in Key West. Oh, wow. Poor thing. Isn't it terrible? (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the show, honey. And I really look forward to giving you a hug sometime. I'm going to try to make it out um, to a show. And I wish I could come to the 22nd, but I'll send some friends there. I've got a lot of uh, fans over in Fort Worth. I'm going to call them and tell them when we get through with the show, better go get your tickets. You're going to want to go. So we'll be right back on Texas Homegrown Music. But right now we're going to play that beautiful rendition of, of Brie and Paul playing Blue Christmas and you guys will be right back i'll tell you what we got coming up next week i'll have a blue christmas without you i'll be so blue thinking about you decorations of red Christmas tree won't be the same, dear, if you're not here with me. And when those blue snowflakes start falling, that's when those blue
Well, I had a really good time today. I hope you did as well, getting to know Brie Bagwell. I I don't know. I just think that the more I do this show, the more I realize there's so many great artists out there. You guys, there's no reason for you to not find some Texas artists every single weekend to go and visit and listen to because they're out there and they're all wonderful. And I'm so glad I have the opportunity to share them with you here on Texas Homegrown Music. I'm going to play another song um, on this uh, the end of this show by um, Bree that I didn't get to share earlier. It's called Old Together, and what a beautiful song it is about how important it is for us to recognize, you know, the love is in our life and to live every day to the fullest. I I feel very fortunate to live with a life partner that I am so in love with still after 30 years. And for those of you that are out there have been with someone for a long time, you know what I mean. It takes a lot of work sometimes, but it also is so rewarding. So... Uh, I'll leave the show with that in mind. So I want to say thanks again to my sponsors, um, the Guitar Sanctuary, Tubbs Brewery, and Burris Injury Law for making this possible every week to to share you guys um, music and, and let you know what's going on in the Texas music scene. So... Hope to see you guys next week. Um, Maylee Thomas here with Texas Homegrown Music. Peace out, everybody, and I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. We'll see you next time right here on Texas Homegrown Music. If I'm not there for the rocking chair, for the gray hair, for the honey we've been everywhere, damn we share. 80 years as the perfect pair If I'm not there for the slowing down For the sitting round For the house with the porch outside of town The sunset phase The last few days Your wrinkled face I wanna go with you But just in case I don't get to I'll think of us as a living love letter I know I shouldn't think this way You laugh and say Probably it'll be okay We'll spend our days in this perfect place But just in case Somehow I don't make it through Till the end with you Goodness knows I wanted to I don't